All right, off to the postseason for Nebraska basketball in Chicago Big Ten Tournament. Uh, late uh, Wednesday night, they will take on Minnesota in the 11 versus uh, 14 game. We welcome Jacob Bigelow from Huskers Illustrated. Good morning. Top of the morning. How are we doing this morning? Good. Quick question here. Do you think, because last week we talked about uh, Dylan Raiola coming to the Nebraska-Minnesota game, do you think he went to the USC-Arizona State game this past Saturday in Los Angeles, and that's the reason why now there are all these crystal balls for Dylan Raiola going to USC is because a USC basketball experience is better than a Nebraska ball basketball experience. Um, I don't know. That's, uh, I guess I, I talk, talk amongst your friends. It could be an issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I hadn't followed up on, uh, on where in the world is Dylan Rayola this weekend. Oh, Um, he was in LA and he had a blast according to recruiting writers for USC. Oh boy. All right. Well, well, we hadn't mentioned him yet. So I waited until the third hour until you joined us because that's what you like to talk about. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Hey, before we dive into, uh, what happened yesterday and, and what needs to happen in Chicago? This this conversation started up at the end of uh, last hour. I've been very hesitant to just look towards next year because I say you got to live in the moment because this is entertaining. They won six of eight. Um, they've done it without at times their three best defenders. But as you look towards next year, and I think Jamarcus Lawrence is a piece, Ramel Lloyd is a piece, Eli Rice looks impressive, but then you got to get him on campus to get him into the mix and get him ready to play in the Big Ten. Um, there's the unknown about Tomanaga. Some other guys have a decision. Gary can come back, but I always wonder about a guy that has a chronic shoulder issue. What do you think, and you lose Greasel and Walker, as you know, where do you think is the main area that they will focus on with guys available either still left from high school, junior college, or, of course, in the portal? Um, I think backcourt. Backcourt depth, I think, um, just because you know that you you would have thought that when the injuries came, that backcourt depth was going to be what would bite this team in the in the behind due to lack of it. But uh, I think just you know you're you're not going to find us. You know, Sam Greasels don't grow on trees, and you know while they like what they've seen from Lloyd, you know during his red shirt. Um, I wouldn't say he's a shoe in to be your starting point guard, but uh, he definitely has a role. But I think I think overall backcourt depth, especially out of the out of the portal, will be will be uh, will definitely be a priority. Jacob, a guy we were talking about a little bit ago that it's unfortunate because of the the injury situation, but trying to map out a role next year. What what have you, in the little time that he's been available, in the little he's been used, Blaze Kata, in what his role could look like next year? Um, It's definitely, he's not he's not nearly as mobile as Derek Walker, obviously, right. but I mean, when he when he's flashed, he's flashed like he can rebound the ball, he defends well inside, he loves to take charges. Um, he's got, you know, he's got the, he's got some, some things that, you know, could definitely carve out a role for him. Um, I think, you know, I think a point guard and maybe another big man will be targets in the portal. I don't know what that means for blaze or for, for Oleg. Uh, they've both, you know, they've both shown some, some little itty bitty flashes of, you know, they might have something if they, you know, develop, develop, and work hard over this coming uh, off season, but 
yeah, Blaze, I mean, he, he plays hard, and, you know, we've heard all these guys like Derek Walker and his teammates just praise him for his attitude and, you know, how hard he works and how positive he is. So I, he, he's at least got a role as a, as a, as a you know, go, go get me a rebound, yeah. go, 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 go defend inside, something like that at the, at the very least. How'd they win yesterday? <laughs> it was a total team effort. It was all hands on deck. Um, even with the turnovers and the, you know, the, you know, I, 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 I want to know if they, they cut down those turnovers, just how many more you know points they score. I mean, it was all, it was all hands on deck. They were making three, everyone, people, everyone was ta- who was taking threes was making threes. It felt like, um, they just never, you know, they didn't, they didn't will. They just, uh, I don't know if there was just a little a- added the combination of it being Iowa at Iowa and coming off of Michigan state. Maybe that was the right, like the right recipe to have them juiced, you know, to the right amount. But I mean, that was a total complete team effort top to bottom. Everyone, everyone who played significant minutes made, made an impact in in one way shape or form and they just they just kept on keeping on and that was to the tune of you know 14 made threes which was i believe the season high and you know four 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 guys in double figures and you know that's what i've kind of said all year is they need they need multiple guys to be in double figures to you know play complete games and and win win the important ones and that's what happened yesterday i mean in that second half they were 60 66 and 66 on their splits. So reverse it here. If you're Iowa and you were an 11 and a half point favorite and you scored 77 points and you played pretty well, you dominated the offensive glass, you got second chance points. Every time Nebraska gave you the ball, it seemed like you were putting it in the hole at the other end. If you're waking up this morning, how is Iowa feeling about that game last night? Um probably not very good um i mean just with what they had at stake you know they they win they have a chance at the double buy and you know all all, all they had plenty of plenty of things at stake for that game yesterday and uh you know they maybe robbie hummel should have told the other mccaffrey brother to make five threes i don't know what i don't know what they you know what could have helped them in that department but um, yeah, if I'm if I'm any anyone in that program waking up this morning, um, I'm not feeling too good. Yeah, the the other McCaffrey and Patrick between he and obviously Chris Murray is a hell of a player. That six minute stretch there to close out the game defensively. I mean, shot selection one thing, but also the way Nebraska was able to defend. What stood out there? I mean, in, was in your opinion, was was that kind of the difference of Nebraska being able to sort of hold off as opposed to what we've seen in you know previous games, not even necessarily this year, but just in years past, where you get out to a good start, but then all of a sudden you give up the lead, and then before you know it, it's like, okay, yeah, that was fun while it lasted. I mean, do you just kind of zero in on that that little stretch defensively of where Nebraska, you know, kind of shown growth again? Yeah, that's probably a good that's probably a good point. I mean, some of the shots Iowa was taking down the stretch, I don't know if that had much to do with Nebraska's defense, but I mean, it you know, part of it definitely contributed to it, but um I think yeah, that's probably a good way to look at it. I mean, they they didn't uh I mean, they they just locked in and did you know, they 
they weren't rushing anything. I thought it felt like they never hit a panic button. It kind of felt like Iowa was hitting a panic button, mm-hmm. especially like on that, that Sanford three from, you know, a couple feet behind the line to try and tie it late. I mean, they were, they were rushing things late and that's kind of, you know, after we saw what they did to Michigan state a week ago, you know, that's, uh, you you expect them to maybe be a little more methodical trying to come back late, but nope, they didn't do that. Um, so yeah, that's probably a good stretch to look into is what probably what probably solidified the win. All right, now on to the Big Ten, and it's Minnesota, and we've kind of been looking towards that for a couple of weeks now. Minnesota was here a couple of uh, – they were here a week ago, and we know how what happened, and that was on the tail end of that stretch where they went Illinois, Maryland – and then Nebraska, and never went home. And I'm thinking, well, season's uh, basically over. And then they surprised everybody, and they beat Rutgers. And then in a rivalry game last night at the barn, that's a game that escaped them. Uh, I, I think they let Wisconsin back in. They couldn't hit free throws. They still have Dawson Garcia. They still have battle. Um, but how does Minnesota make it a game against Nebraska Wednesday night, with Nebraska having a lot to play for, including, I think, one win, Jacob, and they're in the NIT for sure. I think for Minnesota, they kind of, I mean, when going into that game a week ago, I wondered if they even, you know, watched the tape from the first game due to just the difference in Nebraska's roster from the, you know, the first time they played. But I think if I'm in, if Minnesota wants to make it a game, they probably have to revert more toward how they played that first game where Garcia was doing whatever he wanted and was, you know, they were feeding him inside, um, kind of making him and Walker duel and I know Walker had his career day that day but um, I mean if they can you know feed Garcia inside maybe have battle on the outside I mean those are the two those are the two guys that make things go for Minnesota um, I think I think starting you know attacking attack trying to attack inside would be would be how to try to make it a game well and are we maybe another surprising element about Nebraska right now and again the limitation on what they have to bring off the bench and you know having guys you know mentioned Blaze Cato also now not available but should we be concerned about the legs right now for Nebraska and just it's overall you know the 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 physique at this point of the season where they could be tiring that we're still not seeing that Uh, I mean what do you kind of attribute that to right now? Well, it's March. I mean, everybody's tired. Right. I mean, it's the end of the year, and you know, it kind of depends on what you what your team's got left to play for. For Nebraska, I think they want this season to keep on keep keep on keeping on as long as they can. And I think that you know, whether it's I I, I would be a little you know questioning the amount of guy. I mean, they had a, they had so many guys cramping up in that Michigan State yeah. game. It felt yeah. like that kind of had me worried. But um, you know, I other than that, I think I mean I wouldn't be I, I think that's uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about it, um, especially because you know I Gary I agree with your point. You know, one win they're they're in the NIT. I know there are people who are trying to poo poo the NIT and talk about the the other tournament that's uh, that's that's uh, trademarked. But um, there's uh, there's no reason to poo poo the NIT if they take care of business against Minnesota and get to play in the postseason. That'd be That'd be a, a big step, and I think that'd be you know a dream dream for these guys, you know, to have a have a have another game or another you know prize to play for, you know, as a group before the before the season wraps up. Yeah, and I, I mean, and and I'm glad we're on the same page here because that's the realistic thing. The NCAA and 
I mean, everybody this morning is sifting through why Nebraska's metrics aren't better. And I mean, it, it's it's the the age old discussion about how people are teams are ranked and those blowout losses. I mean, close losses greater than blowout losses. And there's some things along Nebraska's resume that are hurting them. I always have a hard time getting interested about teams in the NCAA if you can't go 500 in your own conference. Now, if we get to Saturday, and I've said this this morning a couple of times, then then we can have a conversation because that means you would have overcome Maryland and Indiana. But with that said, in a jumbled, who knows what the Big Ten looks like when they get through this weekend, whose path in Chicago do you like the best to make a little bit of noise? Whether they're a high seed like a Purdue, a one, a Northwestern, a two, an Illinois who would have to go on a revenge tour to get to the final, or you know, a desperate team like a Michigan. Who do you? Whose paths do you like in Chicago that that look like they might be manageable? That Jim Nance is talking about them on uh, Sunday afternoon. I mean, Michigan. That Michigan Rutgers first round game may be a de facto like tourney playing game. I know they were trying to say we can't call it that on BCN last night, but <laughs> and uh, this is Gary. You know my connections to the team. I'm getting ready to say, but this is a totally unbiased you know opinion. I like Indiana's draw. And I know if they, you know, they win on Friday, they got to face Northwestern, and Northwestern's swept them. But I, there's just something about the way Indiana's playing recently. Um, you know, they obviously have the season sweep of Purdue. Uh, they, I just, they, the way they're playing, I think they've got a chance to definitely be playing on Sunday. Uh, and IU Purdue, the possibility of an IU Purdue uh, Big Ten final you know, would be, would be, would be nuts, but uh, yeah, totally unbiased, but I, I like Indiana's draw a lot. You know, with Nebraska, you, you mentioned that people are kind of, you know, poo-pooing Nebraska's prospects of being in the NIT if they were to win on Wednesday, as opposed to the NCAA tournament. But when you go all the way back to beginning of the season, Jacob, when you kind of looked at this roster and, we always were, you know, Fred kind of sold this team as a team that the fans are really going to get behind, you know, one that they're, they're really going to like. And for the most part, he's been pretty accurate. Even with some of the tougher moments, it's been easy to get behind this team. Where was your ceiling with this team, as best as you could say? I mean, did you, did you feel like, yeah, this could really be an NCAA tournament team, or did you think, hey, just get yourself to the NIT that marks progress and we can see what happens the following year? I definitely thought the NIT was the ceiling. I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like I, I definitely thought like, you know, I liked I liked some of the guys on the roster. I, you know, I, I bought into what Fred said about the likable, mm. you know, likable team. They're going to play hard, but you know, just looking at you know some of the some of the deficiencies on the roster coupled with the league this year, I definitely thought the NIT at the beginning of the year would be the ceiling, and I thought that the NIT would would be a big step, and I, I still think that. Um, at this point in the year, but um, you know that's no that's no discredit to what Fred's done. That's no discredit to what this team's done. They're they're playing really well at the right time of the year, and you know being being you know content and accepting of the NIT is not not me trying to you know take anything away from the run that this team's been on over the last month. Um, so. I hope nobody hope nobody is uh, you know getting getting mad at the radio hearing yeah. me talk positive about the NIT. Well, I'm, and how dare you? So here's the the realistic part of it is we're still talking about Nebraska men's basketball. Exactly. I mean, anything that is played beyond the Big Ten tournament 
right now is bonus for Nebraska basketball. I mean, I, you know, you would love you would love that 13-14 would come around a lot more often, but it hasn't. And there was still the NIT in Miles last two years. And, you know, there's the, the year that they went to the NIT when they won 22 games. I mean, you're very familiar with that. That was a disappointment. Okay, how come a, a team that's tied for fourth in the Big Ten was way down that year? Can't make it into the NCAA tournament, but you know Nebraska, in a little bit, did it to themselves in the following year. I mean, the mm-hmm. NIT was fun. I think where this program is now, considering that they had won seven, seven, and ten games prior to this year, any postseason that begins with an N is a bonus for Nebraska. It just sets up that, okay, can you establish something this year that next year the CAA comes after that N when you're talking about the tournament? And, and, and I think they have, but it's going to, you know, depend a lot on how you replace a Greasel and a Walker. With that said, uh, both honorable mention, you think, when the Big Ten announces their postseason awards? Uh, I think it will end up that way. I think Walker deserves to be higher than that, but I, I would expect them both to be honorable mentions. I will say this, you bring up that the 22-win NIT team. Um, I, can't, I can't harp on this enough, like, a team like that that had that kind of season, the NIT is a bummer. Uh, you saw how yeah. those guys played. You know, I was I was a part of that team. I was very close with that senior group. Um, you know, you saw how they played in that Mississippi State game, and in that lead up, we didn't want to be there. <laughs> we didn't. Yeah. We didn't want to be there. We didn't want to be a part of that. We were. We had to go back to Starkville after we played the charity exhibition game in Starkville to start the year. I mean, that was just the ultimate bummer and what the nit comes down to is do you want to be there and do you want to play and i genuinely believe that you know this group makes the nit they're going to want to be there they're going to want to play and they could win a couple games so that's just that's that's my last anecdote on the nit i promise yeah and, and i no, promise and they could <laughs> and, and they could win a couple of games in chicago as well absolutely definitely um jacob we appreciate it i uh, look forward to uh following you all week long at the uh championship week and then uh, whatever happens on uh, Sunday, they announce the NIT bracket later that night. And, I, you know, maybe Nebraska gets a home game. I mean, I'm just going to plant this seed. You All know, right. we talked about him in the Cal job last week. Uh, they, they've they won 19 games. They've got a first-round bye in the Missouri, in the Mountain West tournament out in Vegas. Yep. They, win, they win one more in the NIT. They win one more. They're probably in the NIT. What about that draw? What if that was a home game for Nebraska? I'd be NIT? a feel good moment. Just a little just a little food for thought. I'll yeah. leave that with you guys. Have a good rest hold of the Hold on, hold don't go anywhere. <laughs> don't go anywhere. All, <laughs> All right. right, so San Jose State is ninety six in the net rankings. Um that mean that's a couple spots below Nebraska, right? Are we looking yeah. at it like an eight nine game in the Yeah, NIT? it could be an eight nine. <laughs> Maybe. PBA. Maybe. Um yeah. May- I mean I've got I've got friends on a couple coaching staff that I I feel could maybe be a Nebraska draw in the uh, in the NIT, but I mean the biggest thing for San Jose and for Nebraska is they need these regular season mid major conference winners to stop getting upset yeah, because that's what makes it you know that that's what could possibly make it tougher to get in is if yeah. these mid major conference one seeds get upset and they get an auto bid to the NIT that takes away that takes away bids for you know teams like a San Jose or a Nebraska, but. Um, all right, well, I see what you're doing. I mean, we like storylines. I mean, heck, if we're going to go a step further, we'd just have Creighton and Drake playing each other in the yeah. NCAA tournament. There we go. Why not? Reunions all around for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks, Jacob. 
Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Miles, I think, has to be a runaway winner of Coach of the Year in yeah. the Mountain West. Is he still tweeting at halftime? I don't think he does that anymore yeah, because, because he doesn't either. have Seamus with him. <laughs> I mean, who does? Well, he yeah, really, you got to have someone that will do the tweeting. Who, who does he uh, relay yeah. the tweets to? That's I, right. He actually kind of that tailed off at the end of his career. Yeah. He does a lot more video yes, stuff. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, he'll do a game preview and yeah. then he's still very engaging. He still knows how to promote the uh, the product. He does it in a way that I just don't think a lot of coaches either want to or feel like they have the time to, but he, he's, he always has that appeal. And the guy can coach a little bit. He can coach. I mean, look what he's doing over there. And he just might be uh, finding himself over in the Pac-12 here very soon, too. That would be a lot of fun, though, Pinnacle Bank Arena, if that were to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I think you know it comes down to a lot about money. But they seed the NIT bracket, and if they go by the net rankings, mm-hmm. Nebraska would be down a little bit further. Yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, storylines are our storylines. We uh, shall see. They win uh, Wednesday night. They are in the NIT. They win Thursday and Friday. Then things get kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. The thing that I don't understand, too, is if people complain about the NIT, or as Jacob says, poo-poo it, I, I always think, well, would you rather they be 10 and 20? And we're talking about a... a well, yeah, exactly. Like, come on. I mean, anybody who went into this season thinking that, well, it, Nebraska, maybe you're in the mindset of it's if it's NCAA tournament or bust for Fred, okay, still think that that's a little far-fetched, but okay. But if you felt that, and you have to remember the way that Fred has talked about teams in the past couple of years. This year, he probably strategically tamped down any expectations, but he did say something that has really stuck with, I think, a lot of the fans, and that is this is going to be a very easy team to get behind, a very likable team, you know, a team that's going to make you proud. He didn't put any type of, yeah, this is a really talented team. He didn't get into a lot of details, which he has done before, but that's been true. I think a lot of people looked at if you could get to the NIT. I mean, that shows a major step in the right direction considering what the last three seasons have looked like. If you're now in a situation where the conversation is all about bubble teams and, you know, where's Creighton going to you know, wind up and that conversation may be overtaken any of the other college basketball conversations, I get that, that it's easy to say, well, this is where Nebraska needs to be finding themselves a little bit more regularly you got to remember back to the beginning of the season. Did anybody really say that this was going to be an NCAA tournament team? And if it wasn't, oh, my God, look out. NIT is not good enough. I feel like if you can get to the NIT, especially with all given, the injuries. Yeah, exactly. With uh, the, all the circumstances, that has to be something that, as a fan base, you embrace. And I think they will. It. I think the majority of them will. They'll turn out. Home game will be great. And then, like Gary said, the next year, Hey, then you raise the expectation. That's fair. And you know what that is. That's okay. You know what that is going into it. You know the deal. This is what they should do with the NIT. So San Jose State plays Ball State. That'll be Tim Miles against his former assistant, Michael Lewis. Mm -hmm. Utah plays Nebraska. It'll be Craig Smith against (laughs) Fred Hoiberg. And then that's the winners face off against each other. So everybody's kind of, uh, no matter what happens. That's good business. Mm -hmm. I like it. it. Storylines. Storylines. Because Hoiberg won't be able to go against Iowa State because they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. That'd be the only thing. See, and, and right there, you bring that up just makes it sound like, what? Won't be in the NCAA tournament? Is that a slide against Nebraska? No, it wasn't. Uh, Derek Carr has a new home. He is uh, going to reunite with Dennis Allen. Woo! Uh, he will sign with the New Orleans Saints. So that's great for Aaron Rodgers. 
It, it that is. means uh, Derek Carr, who wanted to go to the Jets, won't be able to go to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Leaves it open for Rodgers. And right Vegas, away, Roger. Vegas can draft uh, Will Levis at uh, seven. Yep. That's everybody uh, wins today. I think I think the Raiders drafting Will Levis is great for the AFC West. I think it's fantastic news. I think it's great. <laughs> I think they should draft him twice. Turn your sarcasm <laughs> meter on if you're listening right. That was good. Yeah. That was really good. And I'm sure everybody in the AFC West appreciates your support, especially the Raiders appreciate your support with that too. That's a that's a smart. It's not move coming for, from a Chiefs uh, fan. That's a smart move for Derek Carr. Yeah, it is. We'll go to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It's a good pickup for the Saints. Because I think it's great for the Saints. At least they have some stability yeah. at, uh, at quarterback. And here's the other part of it: is Derek Carr will get to play half the season indoors. Yes. Now I know that the last couple of years he's been able to do that in Vegas, mm-hmm. but he will be indoors for half a season. And also, look at smart move for somebody that has struggled playing outdoors. Look where else you're going. Well, more more struggled in cold weather. You're going to play one game a year in Tampa, mm-hmm. and you're going to play indoors in Atlanta, and also more than likely you're going to have warm weather when you play in Carolina. Right. So from that standpoint, it's a really smart move for Derek Carr. I think it's great for the Saints, too. Uh, that you said stability that more than anything. It, are they getting Drew Brees out of it? No, but you're getting stability. Yeah, and, a guy who, and a guy who's hungry. A, a guy who really is hungry. All right, 9.30, Joel Lorenzi uh, before the hour is over. Creighton is off to New York City. Where they'll face the winner of Villanova Georgetown on uh, Thursday night in a Big East tournament that people maybe sleep a little bit on Marquette. UConn is the favorite, but I think Creighton's got a really good draw where they are on that side of the bracket with Xavier potentially in the uh, semifinals without uh, Fremantle, who is now officially out for the year. That's all still to come in the last half hour of uh, Monday edition of Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone.